Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. On our show, episode 189, my special guest is Sarah Rockwood. She is an artistic embodiment coach. And we are talking about the hows and the whys of nurturing the performing artist's soul. Right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, welcome, and thank you. Thanks for pressing play, my friend and colleague. I hope you are doing well if you're listening to this podcast at time of release. Happy November. Oh my goodness. I would imagine that you have packed up all your Halloween decorations. It's always sad when I put my little spooky cat back into the box. Uh, And it's always exciting starting new repertoire and the holiday season, uh, winter recitals, lots of fun coming up. I hope that your singing season is going well. And uh, I know it can be a stressful, busy time, uh, but I have a wonderful conversation with a dear friend and I'm so excited. But before I bring Sarah onto the show, I do have some quick announcements. First and foremost, uh, teacher training opportunity. We have been doing some fabulous teacher training here at Full Voice. I've been inviting my dear, uh, wonderful colleagues and friends to to present on some very important topics. Um, We had Dr. Geneva Williams this past summer do a presentation on vocal health for children, which was very well attended. And also Dr. Shannon Coates did a presentation on neurodiversity in the voice studio. And they were both powerful informative and very helpful workshops. And I was so thrilled to host those. I had so many people reach out after Dr. Williams' presentation on vocal health with questions about voice change and expanding voice. And I reached out to Ginevra and I shared the comments and the questions. And Ginevra is going to come back on November 20th uh, to do a presentation and it's entitled uh, Voice Growth and Change in Kids and Teens. And she's going to take everyone through the changing uh, vocal instrument through infancy into uh, um, uh, adolescence and then, of course, into adulthood. And it is a fabulous presentation. Uh, her her presentation includes um, audio samples, so you can hear the tonal outcomes that you should be expecting at different stages. And it is an incredibly informative presentation. I hope that you will check this out. If you go to our website, Full Voice Music, and under the tab Teacher Training, you can register for the presentation there. It is an online presentation on Zoom. And yes, 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 there is a replay. So if the time zone is not your time zone, uh, you can certainly watch it. And we... um, we usually let the uh, replays go for about 14 days afterwards, so I'm sure you will find some time to watch it. So that is on our website, fullvoicemusic.com. Check out the training tab at the top, and you will find registration for Dr. Williams' presentation, Vocal Growth and Change in Kids and Teens. Please check that out. I would love to see you and welcome you into my Zoom room. Now, my friends, I'm so excited. My dear friend, uh, Sarah Rockwood, she's been a friend and a colleague for several decades, and I am always inspired by her. And today, we are talking more about you. That's right. You, the teacher. A lot of our presentations are about skills, pedagogy to apply to teaching and serving our students. But today is about nurturing your creative self. And this is something, if you're anything like me, sometimes our creative, our performer, uh, that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I went to school for performance and if you had told me when I was going to school for performance that I was going to become a teacher, I would have laughed at you. 
but yet here I am. And uh, Sarah, Sarah's presentation is just absolutely fabulous. So without further ado, Sarah Rockwood. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, my longtime friend and colleague, mm -hmm. Sarah Rockwood. How are you? I am very well. How are you? I'm fabulous. It's always so lovely to chat with you. I'm so excited. We have a very important topic today. We do indeed. And I think it's something that uh, my listeners can really appreciate uh, as we as we all uh, are wearing so many hats, as we do. Now, before, mm -hmm. before we dive into that, speaking of somebody who has worn many hats, I would love for everyone to know a little bit about Sarah Rockwood, your list of accomplishments and all the things you are involved in is, it's, it's incredible. So I would love for you just to give everybody, you know, what you've done and where you're at now with your coaching. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, Nikki. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, I refer to myself as a professional Renaissance woman. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's spicy. I like it because it's a little spicy. And it incorporates all the different things that I do. Um, I started acting when I was nine, which was a, a long journey and acting all the way through childhood, uh, teenage years. I went to college for musical theater performance. And then after college, I, uh, I was in a really bad a car accident, which kind of changed the trajectory of my career. And I found myself in the music business writing songs. So I put out five records, all of my own material. And then somewhere in there, someone said to me, would you like to write a book? Have you ever thought about writing a book? And I was like, oh, I'm going to try. Uh, so then I wrote a fantasy novel series that's four books in and I've written a bunch of uh, short story collections and novellas and all the way through that working in the music business as a voice coach, a professional songwriter, a song doctor, which is very interesting and doing artist development work. So yeah, so that's why I go with Renaissance Woman, because otherwise I'd sit there going, I do this, I do this, you know, and it's spicy, as I said. <laughs> oh, well, and, and I love that, too, because, I mean, how, how many musicians and artists that you know, you know, wear, like, tons of hats? We do so many different things. We do. We do do so many different things. And then we're kind of encouraged not to talk about all the different things, which drives me nuts. So I say put it all out there give it a fancy title and enjoy it. I love that. There's a teacher takeaway right there. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So this is, this opens up so many wonderful conversations. So the first thing um, I want, I, I would love for you to tell people is you are now uh, really branching out into nurturing artists and coaching artists. And, and I love that because, um, you know, it, we, we have a business coach that comes on to the podcast. We have a social media coach that comes on to the podcast. And, uh, so I, I really like this topic and you and I have been talking for a while and I know one of the conversations came up with how difficult it is when you're running a business, when you're trying to do all the things, uh, how difficult it is to connect with your inner artist and, and how it, how difficult it is to just celebrate your inner artist. And for my yep. listeners who are teachers, our big conversation we had the other day was, if we're not connected to our inner artist, how are we supposed to help our students find their artistry, their creativity? How are we supposed to, how are we supposed to just really honor them? And I want to, I want to share something that Sarah said, because this was like a big boom moment. So she's like, Ooh, okay, because <laughs> so this was huge. So you said student-led learning and teaching is easier when you have a rich artistic personal life because the ego is already fed on a much healthier diet and can therefore disentangle from the student's progress. Yes. Okay. Can we yes. just have, I just want to have a pause there for teachers to just 
stop and go, wow. Yeah. Because real talk, I struggled when some of my older teenagers started getting into recording. And I think I struggled because I had stepped back from recording and performing and I was now taking a teacher role and I was preparing them for the recording and teaching or the recording and performing lifestyle, but that was no longer my lifestyle. And I think that there might've been some feelings in there about their success versus my decision not to be doing what they were doing. Boom. Oh, and can we just pause for a moment at how amazing it is that you can recognize that? Because a lot of people would just go smush, smush, cram it down and not address that. Full disclosure, I am queen of smush, smush, push it down. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah knows. She's like, I know all about you. But I, and it was a while back. And, mm. and I have to say, I recognized that I saw my students on like social media celebrating their stuff and I was hesitant to celebrate it. And then I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm so proud of them. Look what they're doing. And then I started, and then I basically gave my head a shake as my, my father would say, just give your head a shake. And I started celebrating (laughs) them again, but it it, it brought Mm -hmm. up the whole thing. It's like, they're doing what I was doing and I maybe felt loss in not performing and doing what they were doing. And it was hard for me to celebrate them, but I'm okay with it now. I'm fine. Well, Well, there are two, two things that come up for me there. Hearing that story as, as a, as an artistic embodiment coach, as someone who's like about getting into the body and getting into those uh, maybe sticky spots. It's like when we're kind of presented with something that, is affronting to us when we get an image that like makes us maybe a little bit jealous, a little bit edgy, a little bit something. It's kind of a signal in the back of the brain and in the gut that you still want to do that thing. Mm. That's number one. That's the thing that whenever I see something on TV or I'm listening to a song and I'm like, how'd that lady get that note? Oh, Sarah, it's because you haven't practiced this week or you haven't done that thing this week that like makes that part of you activate. So the universe is sending you a signal of like, oh, look at this again. Um, And the other thing is like, the more celebrating we do, and this includes celebrating ourselves, the more celebration we find in our day-to-day life, you know? Um, Oh, something we come up with in the arts often is the competition, right? Compare and despair. Compare and despair. She got that, so I can't have it. Mm. right yep and we have to battle against that that core it's almost a core core belief for some people of like oh well it's always a competition if someone's winning then i'm losing and we can all win especially nowadays with the the way that distribution is more in our hands than ever when there are more channels we have left the monoculture behind we can now all have the recording career we want we can now all have the success we want so let's celebrate one another and have a better time on that journey. Oh, that's so helpful. That's so helpful. I it was it was a it was a tough it was a tough pill to swallow. I was like, why? Oh, I get it. So yeah, ridiculous. And they're doing so amazing. And now now I think I now I think I, I I'm doing much better job of shouting them out and celebrating them because I am. I truly I am. I mean that they've done exactly what I wanted them to do, right? That's mm-hmm. that's what our job is as a teacher is to give them the skills to go off and be successful and do the things that they love. And then all of a sudden you're left behind and you're like, huh. <laughs> yeah. Feelings. You've got to remember they, they can't fly without your upward draft, right? Like they can't, the reason they're able, especially in your position, right? Like the reason they're able to go on and record and have such such successful, um, I was gonna say sessions. Yeah, successful sessions and recording and getting it all out there is because they had your support to begin with, right? And then if we backtrack, it's like, if you're in good deep alignment with you and your inner artist, then the success wheel just spins and spins and spins, right? So important. So important. important. Um, I know that there are a lot of listeners who listen to this podcast who are what are referred to as teaching artists. And I love that term because it tells people that I am teaching you, but yet I am still (laughs) here. So I, 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 
I, that's a new term. That's not something. Yeah, that's a new one to me too. <laughs> right? But you see a yeah. lot of teachers that are embracing that going, I am teaching, but I am still a performer and artist. And I love that. Um, for those of us who are like, yeah, I need to reconnect with some of those creative artistic things. Um, what What's what's I don't want to give away all your trade secrets, but what's kind of no? Your let's pro- give them away. Let's okay, give them away. Yeah, let's go for it. We're here what's, to help. So let's what's give kind them. of what's where is the starting point for just like how do I get back into that spirit of being a performer, a singer, an artist? Like, what do you do when you've stepped away from it and now you're trying to connect again? Okay, so in terms of getting back into connection with our artistic self, there are a few different tips and tricks that we can try there. Um, and it depends on, I think it depends on how far, how long you've been away from the art. Oh, good point. Right? Mm. Like if you, you know, if it's only been a couple months since you did a gig, then you might not need as much in-depth work as if it's been like five or six years or something like that. So hmm, one of my favorite things to do, and it's gonna feel a bit abstract, but it's designed to get you into your body in a way that I think as vocalists, we don't always get into our bodies. And I call it wiggle work. Oh, okay. Wiggle work. I love alliterations and like rhymey stuff. So all of my exercises have like ridiculous titles like wiggle work. Um, And this one is basically letting the body respond to music without vocalizing. Which I think in the beginning, without vocalizing in the beginning, which I think as singers, we don't always allow ourselves, especially if you don't have a dance background or a movement background, the idea of moving sort of freely to music or beyond the like back, back, background singer kind of two-step that we all know how to do. Yeah, that we've all got ingrained in us, um, moving beyond that. So putting on a piece of music, maybe that you've never heard before, you know, and ideally without vocals, so instrumental piece of music, and letting yourself just kind of lie down on the floor, radical concept. <laughs> I know some people that I suggest that, you know, go sit on the floor and they're like, I, I don't do that. I'm like, well, we do today. Let's try sitting on the floor um, and letting the music be received by your body. So we're not intellectualizing right we're not counting it we're not trying to figure out what key it's in we're not we're not having a brain activity we're letting the body receive the music and then start to move however it wants to i love this so i love that idea of because we always want to vocalize over everything right well we always want to vocalize and let's be straight up we always want to get it right i mean as singers i i think I mean, I can't speak to instrumentalists, but I'm going to just say we're the best. (laughs) And like, we always get this like higher level of scrutiny that we internalize more deeply because it's actually coming out of our mouths, right? Like there is no buffer between us and the, and the sound wave, right? We're not plucking a string. We're not hitting a, a surface. It's coming out of us. So the, the critique, it sets in more deeply. Right. So we get to this place of like, yeah, I mean, we've all been there. God, I I have visceral memories of like being in a chorus and the choral director going, pointing right at me and going, you're flat. And it's like, how'd you freaking (laughs) Right. Or being in the recording studio and having to redo the same line a hundred thousand times. And every time you sing it, you feel like you are less of a human being because you just can't seem to get that damn note. Oh yeah. There's some poor traumas. Oh my gosh. It's all coming out. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Um, Sorry. (laughs) No, I can remember. I can remember. It took me forever to, to have a strategy against that, which is I recognize that this note and this phrase isn't doing well, but we're going to leave it. I'll sing something else and I'll come back to it. If I had just known that in my early years of doing session work, I would have probably not have been as traumatized by all of that in the studio. Well, that's why this conversation is even more important, because hopefully someone who's at the beginning of their journey, journey in this business, hears that and goes, oh, okay. Then they're on a session. They feel like they're being hounded and they go, right. I heard, I heard Nikki Loney say that. I'm going to say that right now. 
right? And we just interrupt that that uh, pain loop. The trauma train that just rolled Ugh. into the station. I know. Yeah. Oh. No, it's it's really hard. Um, but yeah, if we can get to this place with with the wiggling, if you can, and this, you know, why like block out, give yourself like 15 to 30 minutes. Like, don't try to slot it in like, oh, I've got 10 minutes between students. I'll cultivate my artistry. Use that 10 minutes to like, sorry, use that 10 minutes to like meditate, chill, reset yourself, but then block out this per professional development time to really wiggle, give yourself the freedom to wiggle. And then when you're comfortable with that, oh, this, this one, this one, I personally have found a lot of um, uh, exploration and freedom through, and I felt a lot of resistance from clients when I suggest it. Put on like vocal exercise tracks. And now let's wiggle with vocal exercise tracks. Can you vocalize and find freedom in your body? Can you trust your, your vocal apparatus to do what it's got to do? And let's find freedom in the body. And I mean, I, I've done that with, with, uh, with clients and it's, you know, you find tears, you find anger, you find joy. I mean, to see somebody like wiggle as they're singing and start joyously laughing, it's it's wonderful. You know, we get out of that standing in neutral straight spine, I'm going to sing this well, and into I trust my voice. I trust my voice. Let's let's play with it. Let's be free with it. Yeah, and taking this back into the teaching studio as a teacher, how many times have we asked students to just move mm -hmm. to the beat of the music or move when they vocalize to get a very uncomfortable student who is just not able yeah. to do that in the space. So yeah. again, we're, we're often in a position where we're asking people to do things, but we haven't done the work. Thank you. That's, that was like rolling around in my brain, like get that out. Yeah. You, you really, um, you really got to, walk the walk that you're talking, you know, and I think students can sense that, which is why, you know, you so lovingly brought up the my, my quote at the beginning there of like, when student led learning is easier when the ego is fed on healthier things, right? When you are in connection with your artistic self, when you've started to free up your own body and your own uh, spirit around your voice, well, then, then the voice in front of you is a lot easier to, to yeah. encourage. Well, when you yeah. you understand, you know, how difficult it is for you, you're going to be more empathetic in the studio for your students because you recognize, yeah, this is hard. And they need to hear that, right? They need to mm -hmm. hear like, hey, this is hard for me, just so you know. And I struggled with that. Yeah. Well, one of the things you said to me, because <laughs> full disclosure, you taught me singing <laughs> in the early, in the 2000s. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. And I remember you explaining to me like, no, Sarah, this note has to be loud. Like it's going to, if you were in the room with like Mariah Carey, you'd be covering your ears. And I was like, wait, there's more sound coming out. You're like, yes, there's more sound that has to come out. And I just, I haven't forgot that of like, oh, so this is a, a texture thing, not a volume thing. Like, why am I trying to squeeze myself into this small, small space? Yeah. Moving. I, there's just so many things I want to talk to you today. Um, so let's go back to those. Let's go back to um, the the just helping. So you've been away from your art, right? And you're coming back in. And I love the wiggle. I love moving to music. Uh, you had a, a couple other strategies for for that. Well, I think another one hmm, that uh, that can, that can be helpful for just sort of taking ownership of of how awesome you are. I think that's something that comes up for me again with clients. Um, as an artistic embodiment coach is that I, I meet, I meet women that really don't know how good they are, <laughs> you know, uh, who really haven't, haven't taken that in. Um, and I, I shared with you one of my clients this year, she tripled her income just through owning how awesome she is. Uh, and, and we did this exercise and it's a bit messy to start with, but it's writing down every single thing you know how to do oh yeah i didn't say do well because <laughs> because i don't at this point in the in the process i'm not sure i trust you to determine if you do it well or not because you, you're too down on yourself so let's just put down every single thing you know how to do and 
it it can take a few days. Like I personally like to do it with a giant piece of paper that either you tack to a wall or you put on the floor again and, you know, do your big brain brain dump session of getting as much as you can out and then leave it for a few days and keep coming back to it and keep adding to it and keep, you know, cause you'll be brushing your teeth and go, oh, right. I did that thing. I did that thing once. Yeah, I know how to do that again. So you go back, you write it on the list. And when you've got to a point where you feel like you've kind of exhausted things, start to group similar tasks together. This is where we kind of make, make the like good copy. And we start grouping similar tasks together. We kind of get a beautiful picture of just how broad our skill set is. Right. Because I think sometimes, I mean, when I was teaching singing uh, full time before I moved into this coaching, um, life felt somewhat narrow some days. Like all I do is like I work my curriculum for my students. I'm doing this. I'm doing that, you know, Um, and I kind of would forget that I was actually good at other things, too. So when you can have. Yeah, we create that big, broad map of everything that you do, all those wonderful things are part of you being an artist, right? Because that's the other thing we start to get into that like artistry or being an artist is only emotional. It's only flaky. It's only like extreme, right? Like the whole method acting thing or like um, irresponsible rock star thing. No, I, I I think you can be an artist and be able to do your taxes. Like these are things that like, <laughs> No, I mean, they're, no, they're one and the same, it's a you know, point. <laughs> yeah. And the more you know about the business side of your of your world, does it does not take away from your artistic side. They become a beautiful unit. That is so important. I want to thank you for for speaking to that. Yeah. The final thought of the broad map is that I would, would love it if that that big, beautiful map of you can be somewhere where you can easily refer to it. And regularly go back and look at it and read it. Where would you suggest? Give me like where would you tell well, your Well, depending clients? on the size of size of paper. If it's a big piece of paper, take a photo of it, keep it in your phone. Actually, I'd say that in general. Keep a copy of it in your phone. So when you're out and about, like get back in touch with how awesome you are. Um, or keep it like in a file you can readily access on your desktop. Whatever works in your lifestyle, like where do you regularly go? I mean me, my office is set up in a way that my clients can't see all of it. So I can have my big, beautiful list out of out of camera site. So I'm like, oh, client, client. Yeah, Sarah. And then I come back to the client, you know, it's like, take that moment to look to the left and go, mm-hmm, and then back. You know, it's, it's so important because it starts to um, make us comfortable with celebrating ourselves, mm-hmm. which we don't do. We don't And do. we should. No. No, we I mean, should. Yeah. No, I I love that. I love that because you're right. We don't we do not celebrate our our anything. We're just so yeah. worried about everything and comparing ourselves. And of course, you know, social media does that for us, right? We just get to see everybody's like, you know, a highlight reel and then we immediately go into, well, they're doing all this stuff and I'm not there and da, 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 da. And it just, it really does wear you out after yeah. a while. And you forget, you forget. I love that. I love that. Um, can we, and so we've got, we've got our, our moving to music, wiggle, wiggle work. We've got our list of awesomeness things that we need to do. And you, you had another one. That I think I did. I had the three words exercise. Oh yes. Okay. Tell everybody about the three words. I like this. One. Okay. I I like this. Well, I I made it up, so I like it. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, three words is basically finding three words that um, describe how you feel or how you want to feel when you're in deep connection with your artistic self. And when I'm working with somebody and there, there's almost two types of people on this exercise, like I will say that to pe- some people and they'll go, oh, blah, blah, blah. And they'll have their three words right away. Some of us have to think a little more thoroughly on this exercise. And in that case, I really ask people like, how did it feel the, fir- the first time you felt good about your voice? 
you know, we all have that moment, I think, where we're like, oh, like, yeah, my family's clapping, but those people I'm not related to and they liked what I did. You know, that moment where you're like, oh, I'm not just family good. I'm like outside circle good. Those moments of like, what did your body do in that place? Like, how did you feel inside? And can you give that a word? Maybe that's one of your three words. Or, you know, as an adult, when was the last time you felt proud of of what you were doing? You know, like, I, I don't think um, we let those moments sink in as much as we should. So when you've sort of examined how you want to feel about your voice, about you as an artist as a whole, you come up with your three words. Um, for me, my words are uh, joy, fulfillment, and sensuality. So joy, you know, is kind of obvious. Fulfillment, I want to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm making something happen when I'm doing my art. And sensuality for me is of the senses. Like, am I fully in my entire body connected? So I take those three words when we have them and drop them one at a time into your body. So this is where if you've done your wiggle work, this becomes a lot easier because you're you're used to connecting with the body as a whole. And feel what sensations arise in your body when you're thinking of that word. So it becomes like a sort of sensory package behind the word. And doing that for each of the three words and getting to the point where you can kind of move quickly between the sensations, right? So I can move quickly between joy, fulfillment, and sensuality. Like fulfillment, I'll, I'll give you my description of that. So for me, fulfillment kind of kind of rises up through my body. It rises up through between the psoas muscles and it makes my spine feel very tall. Like I feel like I sit up straighter and it has sort of like a, so you can get very esoteric with this or you can get very grounded with it, however works for you. Um, and it feels like a sort of slight forward propulsion like, I feel like I'm like, yeah, like, let's go. Um, so I move between the three sensations, right? My joy, fulfillment, sensuality. So when I'm out and about, when I'm in a situation where maybe it's not super great, like, you know, or I'm getting a bit anxious, I can tap into those sensations and remind myself of my core, right? I can go back to... Uh, for me, I get very anxious standing in lines, like at grocery stores and stuff, I get super anxious. And I will tap into that. I will purposefully sit, you know, go, okay, I'm in a line, joy, fulfillment, sensuality, and connect with my body, connect with the part of myself that is bigger than the moment I am in right now. So I love, I love how you took the words into other situations, like mm -hmm. as, as kind of as a grounding tool. Yes. And I, I I can see if we do this kind of work, we can also recognize that others, our students, would have different words, would have different yes. sensations, and yes. that what we feel is what we feel, but really we're there to help them find their feelings. And that would help align our goals, our singing goals, or even the type of exercises that we would offer our students, knowing that they're looking for something different than maybe we were getting from it, right? Yes. So, well, And how does the lesson itself change? If you if you're embodying your three words when you're in that studio, you know, where you're you're the artist facilitating and not just like I am in my tight teacher mode. No, I'm an expansive whole human being and I'm helping the singer become an expansive whole human being artist. And I think the other factor here is that we get to define what artist means for ourselves. Right? Like, as we're talking here, I'm like, Sarah, you got to make sure you say this, that like, I'm not defining artist as someone who writes their own music, records that and goes out on the road, nor am I defining it as somebody who goes to theater school and then goes on to audition and get parts on Broadway. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm Sarah, it's who I am, right? That is my state of being. Um, so when you can define artist for yourself, you know that the person across from you, your student, also gets to define artist for themselves, right? It's uh, And I really, 
I can I can hear some people listening to this and saying, well, I don't I don't perform. So I guess I'm not. an. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You don't have to perform to consider yourself an artist. You can do all of your artistic work solely for yourself in your own room and never show it to anyone else and still be an artist. You know, we have this real, especially in singing, I think we have this idea of like, I must be performing, I must be competing, I must be going to school or I'm not like legit. And that's just not, that's not the case. Well, and I, I experienced kind of the flip side of that, which is what drew me into artistic embodiment coaching is that I was working with all adults who were recording their own music and all had in their head that unless I got a record deal, my record was a failure. And I'm sitting there looking at someone who's never recorded an album before, is in their early 40s, and is telling me they want a record deal. And I'm going, okay, and if that does not happen, how will you feel about your record? Oh, well, I mean, then why did I even do it? Why did I bother? And it's like, wow, okay. So what drew me into this this side of the coaching was like these conversations I was having between the vocal exercises was where I figured out, oh, there is so much more that is holding these people back from finding pleasure in their voice, from embracing who they are as artists because they have expectations that they haven't even examined as to whether or not they work for them. And they're driving towards goals that somebody else told them were the thing. And that's kind of, that's a hard road to hoe. Like that is just, that's a hard way to live if if you're living for somebody else's expectation, you know? Oh, wow. Those, that's huge. Ooh. Goosebumps. Yeah. So it was, such it was weird. <laughs> such good work. Now, I also wanted to dive into, and I love this, and I, I, I love this. Let's talk about artistic cross training. Oh, dun, yes, dun, dun. yes, it's so. Oh. And, and this is contributing again to the idea that being an artist is a whole person experience, right? Well, you know, we go back to the map of all the things you're good at, right? We're putting everything on or all the things you know how to do, we're putting all of that on the map. Artistic cross training is engaging in activities that are outside your primary medium of creation right so as a singer yes join join the choirs join the take the workshops do all those things and then let's also maybe take a ceramics class you know how does working just off the top of my head how does working a lump of clay on a wheel where where how does that connect with your artistry how does that connect with your musicality because we've all seen people work in those wheels i think there's some kind of pulsing rhythm involved <laughs> making the clay spin properly. So how do those two things feed each other? How does the delicate nature of the hand motion um, free parts of your voice? And you might not feel that right away, right? Like you might go to the, um, you mentioned earlier before the, our podcast, your boxing class, right? Like boxing was huge for my singing. I, I in, my, yeah. in my late, in my late, uh, late thirties, no, late yeah, late 30s. Nice. I took a boxing class and it was one of those things that I fell into. But man, it opened up. It really opened up some great yeah. things for me. Well, and I would imagine like immediately obvious, there's the physical connection, right? There's the core, there's the power. And then there's trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. Then there's knowing your true strength, mm -hmm. knowing just how you know, I was going to swear, but I'm not going to, how strong you are when you hit that bag, right? And those are things that uh, in turn can help you open up more in your own artistic work, right? The more you trust yourself, the easier it is to take risks in your art. And then when you take risks in your art, you trust yourself more. And it, it's a nice circle of celebration. I, I just want to share something because Sean and I have talked about this a lot. We, I really love those. They're on Netflix. They're the chef's table documentary oh, series, okay. which basically follows like incredible Michelin star or infamous mm -hmm. chefs 
but it is a very in-depth look at their lives and their careers and how they started. Then, of course, you see them in their kitchens. I found those documentaries to be Mm -hmm. so inspiring because they are artists. They're artists with food. And to see their struggles, to see their dedication, their passion, their, you know, the things that they didn't get, the things that they Mm -hmm. did get. I I was like moved beyond moved watching those. And I found Mm -hmm. it was very helpful because I would always relate back to, yeah, man, they have to work so hard. And there's a million chefs out there and a million restaurants. And it's like, oh my goodness, it's similar to being a performing artist. Cause well, and and there's this sort of added thing I find with chefs and with makeup artists that their art is it's, it's impermanent by its very nature. It is to be consumed and processed and taken away to never be seen again. And that's something I think is performing artists we can take from of like, you know, wanting to hold on to like, make sure the performance was right. Did I get it all right? And it's like, it's, it's ephemeral. It's going to move and it's, and it's going to live in someone else's body, mind, spirit. And you have no more control over it. It's, it's really kind of cool to mirror those two processes, right? Like, Can I ask um, what are some of the things, the, the artistic cross training that you've done that have been helpful for you? uh, Dance. Number one, dance is super important. And I take, um, it's well, the courses I take are sort of creative movement and Laban based. Oh, so they're, okay. so I'm not really learning like choreography. For those of you listening, I'm doing choreography. She's doing the, the uh, she's doing the Vogue from the Vogue. Madonna's video. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so I'm not doing so much choreography as like exploring how my body wants to respond and move in a stylized way which i personally very very much i find it's really helpful well it's almost like um kind of like a, a a big girl version of wiggle work you know <laughs> where I'm, I'm like okay i'm taking this in front of a group of people uh and doing it that way and reading reading is so important and reading broadly for me Again, artistic cross-training, it's it's about trying a bunch of different things and then figuring out what works for you, right? Um, I'm in a pretty small town right now, so uh, I don't have access to this, but one of my big, and I will will when I move back to a big city, um, art, art galleries and museums. Art galleries and museums. I mean, I have this core memory burned in my head from uh, when I was like 13, and my dad dragged us to the Salvador Dali Museum in Florida. Yeah. And we're all like, dad, whatever. And I was just wandering around and stumbled into uh, the, um, what are the, Dosen? Is that what they're called? The people that talk, talk you through? The Dosen. Um, and she was giving this talk about the hallucinogenic Toreador. And my 13-year-old self was like, what is this? And I to this day, I have a print of it <laughs> in, in whatever office I'm in, because it was just that moment of like, oh, the, and I had been doing a lot of acting at that point because I started so young. And it just opened my mind to like, there is meaning everywhere. We, you know, every art form has as complex um, a thought process exploration as mine does. Oh, this is exciting. I can't. I can't draw to save my life. Wish I could, but you know, I it, I've tried. But yeah, just being in museums and art galleries and not just passively walking through, which which we can do, right? We can be like, "Oh, I clocked that whole museum in an hour." Ugh. Ugh, did you um spend time, see what you're drawn to and see what you're repulsed by. See what repels you and then go spend a bit of time with it. It's kind of wonderful. I think when um, when you've got that connection with yourself, like when you when you know who you are and you know what you want and you like that and you can celebrate that, you can really find new things almost everywhere you go, right? So you're constantly filling the well. Um, and again, if we pull this back to students, then every lesson with the student becomes 
something new. I, I know for me, when I was teaching little, little kids and um, doing that, you know, four days a week uh, and, so, and, and I'm guilty of this in my twenties of being like, oh, that kid again. Okay. The kid that wants to sing that song from the Disney movie 14 times before they go home, you know, and doing the same thing every single time. Well, now if, if, you know, at 44, if I went back and taught that lesson, I think it would be a far more joyous experience because I'd be able to to appreciate the newness of that of that session for that child. Right. Like it's. um, But yeah, in my 20s. No, I was just like, are we done? <laughs> like, well, and I, I think that know. goes back to that student led teaching and student led mm. learning. Right. If you are if you are artistically, creatively satisfied yeah. then you're going to have more things to connect with your students. You're not going to be like, oh, gosh, here we go. Yep. Bye. See you. Thanks. Yep. Make sure your mom pays me. You mm -hmm. you, you, you don't necessarily, not that you're, the mom paying you isn't important, but. It but, is you important. Know, it is important. <laughs> um, but I think that like what going back to what you'd said is just if we want to embrace student, that student teacher partnership mm -hmm. Yes, we have to be doing the work on our end so that we are mm -hmm. fulfilled and helpful and we have space for them because really it's about holding yeah. space. And if we haven't, yeah. if we haven't done our work, then we have no space for anyone. Well, we have to hold space for ourselves, too. Right. Like we have to to make that time, which is why I was saying with the wiggle work, like block off time for this, you know, um, and doing a map of, of all of your your broad sense of skills. Well, when you can really see see your worth and embody that, it becomes easier to ask mom to pay the the lesson bill, right? It becomes easier to like raise your rate when you need to raise your rate because you value who you are as a whole whole entity. Um, and I really would love to to see more singers take pleasure in their own singing. I think that's something that just breaks my heart and. Um, when I'm scrolling through Instagram and I get like videos of, of women, it's always women um, who are in their like eighties and nineties and enjoying their voice. Like when you see a woman who's like, I've had my whole career and I know I'm not, I'm not competing anymore. I'm just going to take pleasure in my voice. It's so beautiful. And I, I hope that for myself that I can find that kind of pleasure in my sound. Now, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing what we do. It really is. Singing is really amazing. It, it really is. And I I think, and not in an arrogant way, in a joyous way, in a let's all discover how we individually sing way, but also taking pleasure in, in this amazing thing we know how to do. Now I want to uh, I want to let everybody know you uh, you are working with artists and you have mm. a few openings for some people. Yes. Um, you have a couple of different packages and I and I want to I want you to share with how you help people how you work with people at uh, Elemental Alchemy at Elemental Alchemy. Yes, so I just have a very uh, the most simple package is just an hour. Where you can just book a one hour with me. I call it magic hour because you know I like I love that. I like titles. I love to title things. We got wiggle work, we got your map of awesome. Um, and then we have magic hour, which is just a straight up hour where we can deal with a you know a pressing in issue, or if you just want to try coaching, if you've never had that kind of coaching, you're like, this is a low, a low commitment level thing. Okay, I'll do that. And then the the program I I'm always very excited to do is uh, my book of you, where I work with a client for 12 weeks, we meet every single week, and we write the book of you. You know, I have a workbook that I've developed that's, I think it's 95 pages. Um, but there's lots of room to write. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, Lots of room to write. So it's not that daunting. But we go through and really uh, ask the, the, the questions, like, let's look at the things that we we were definitely weren't taught to look at in school and we're definitely not encouraged to take the time to look at now as adults. So let's carve out that time together. And my job is to just hold space and, and ask the questions. And then when you give me your answer, ask you another question about that answer. So we get, we get right to the, to the heart of, of who you are as an artist and write that book of you. 
Oh, that is so, what a wonderful gift and what a wonderful opportunity. Uh, Sarah, I really want to thank you. This has been such an inspiring conversation. And as somebody who has stepped away for quite some time from performing and being an artist, I, I am inspired to... Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Because for you are, you are an artist. Aww. You know, you are. I, I mean, there are some, and you're fully a Renaissance woman as well, because look at your, your publishing company and the writing of the books and the workshops and all that, that takes artistry as well. That's a very creative whole self place. So, uh, well, I'm very yeah. inspired and I, and I know my listeners are going to have a lot to take away, not just for their students, but hopefully mostly for themselves, for, themselves, for yeah. themselves. So this, this podcast and this conversation has been for my listeners. So I want to mm -hmm. thank you so much. Where can people find and follow you? Well, uh, my website is rockwoodalchemy.com. Okay. So I'm going to put that stuff, in the show notes as well. Yes. And I should also say, I we've got a discount code. <gasps> oh, that's Voice. right. Thank you. I totally Thank forgot you. about that. Uh, <laughs> we got a, a discount code, which I'm sure you'll put in the show notes too. I will. It's uh, Full Voice 10 and it's 10% off of both of my packages. So rockwoodalchemy.com is the main website where you can find out about how to work directly with me. And then I have my own podcast, which is called Elemental Alchemy. Uh, where I get into each week is kind of a coaching session, which is basically me talking for half an hour, telling you probably TMI stories about my life and then asking you questions about <laughs> about how you want to think about your art. And then uh, I'm over on Instagram, Rockwood underscore Sarah. Love it. Oh, so yeah. good. I am going to put links in the show notes to all of awesome. your of, of your uh, addresses and socials. Thank you so, so much, Sarah. I, I really want to thank My you pleasure. for this conversation. And I'm sure we will have you back. I think there's I think I have more <laughs> questions for uh, for another day. So yeah. thank you so much. So uh, Sarah You're Rockwood, so, so lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nikki. This has been awesome. A very special thank you to Sarah for that wonderful information and a wonderful conversation. Please find and follow Sarah. Her website is rockwoodalchemy.com and the discount code is all one word, full voice 10, the number 10. And if you are looking for a wonderful, safe, inspired person to uh, get you connected with your, with your artistic self, there's no one better. So I hope you'll check it out and be sure to follow her on Instagram. Now, before I let you go, remember we have an incredible teacher training coming up this month. On the 20th, Dr. Geneva Williams will be sharing information about voice change, vocal growth and change in kids and teens. Fabulous presentation. It's a two-hour intensive presentation with a participant Q&A at the end. Please check it out, fullvoicemusic.com. Go to the training tab. I look forward to welcoming you to my Zoom room uh, in a few weeks. My friend and colleague, as you head into this busy season, I am wishing you inspired teaching, a connection with your creative, artistic self, and as always, happy singing.